It's like the last day of 2018. I know. And last week we talked about resolutions. I wonder, did you guys decide on any you were going to do this year since then? No. No, but I... I, (laughs) (laughs) But I do feel like you put it into perspective a little bit when you said that you just tried to eat um, one different (laughs) thing each week off the Chinese food menu. And I was like, I should really just lower my scope and (laughs) do something that's achievable. (laughs) Wait, so, um, did we yeah. say this is Read Me Romance? This is Read Me yeah. Romance. <laughs> welcome. Yep. If you're just if you're just tuning in now because you were brought here by Jen Frederick, welcome. It's it's we're nice to have you here. Too. Yeah, we're here because of her too. We're playing her book Bombshell this week. We're going to release one chapter uh, per day until Friday when we end it with a happily ever after. So you'll have a complete audio book by Friday. Yay. You're so good at explaining this now. Like, and you've really got it, your rhythm down. It's a secret baby, my favorite. It's a secret baby book. And I, like, I thought I saw... I, there was so many things in this book that surprised me, but I feel like I can't talk about them yet. I have to wait till till Friday because I feel like I'm going to give things away. You don't want to give too much away, yeah. I don't want to give yeah. anything away because it was really... I can't even tell you guys, I fucking enjoyed the shit out of this book. Like, I was I sitting too. in... Because I it was, was sitting, secret baby done right. Like, it you was can't done right. hide the yes. baby and stuff like that because uh-huh. that's yeah. messed up. Yeah. There's just some things in it that, like, hit me in my, like... there. I, I didn't know I could feel still. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I still had the capacity to feel things. I, and read, I actually read the other day, you can't say you're dead inside anymore because that means you're filled with misery. Is that true? Oh. <laughs> well, you're not dead inside. You're like, there's nothing in there. No, that's misery in there now. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You're not completely dead as long as you can still be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you guys glad you tuned into this podcast? <laughs> and it's Monday. Welcome to the misery. Welcome to the misery hour with uh, Tessa, Leah, and Mel. This um, so this book is okay. So Bombshell by Jen Frederick. We're gonna play the first chapter in a little while, but first we're gonna we're gonna chat for a bit. We're gonna chit chat. So. We're gonna chit chat. Buckle you guys up. are good. You guys are really good friends with Jen Frederick. Um, if for those of you who don't know, so did you? What would you I'll like tell. to say? I'll tell. She, I met Jen like God five years ago when I first started reading. I went to the RT convention that was in Kansas City, and we bonded because she like walked past my computer and I had it out, and there was like a Packers screensaver, and she like did a double take, and she's like, "Whoa." Okay, we're friends now. <laughs> and then really I didn't, and I didn't know who she was, like, because I didn't know nothing about blogging or anything. So I like followed her around like for days. And <laughs> then one day somebody's like, "That's J- uh, Jane Little," and I was like, "Who's Jane Little? What do you mean?" And they're like, "She's a blogger," and I'm like, "I don't know." 
<laughs> you guys just found out what that, the... you guys just found out what bookbub was. So for those of you who yeah, don't think true. this is believable, they really they don't know. They didn't know. Oh, no, yeah. And well, then... in honor of her like her friendship with Jen too, she's wearing her Packers sweater today. That's it light lights up. up. Yeah, it literally lights up. It's the worst slash best thing ever. And I'm gonna take I, a picture. I forced yeah. myself on her because. I started inboxing her on Twitter, and I would do it so much. She was like, here's my phone number, okay? Just text me. (laughs) You just wore her down. And then I just wore her down, and then now I take trips out to her house and sleep in her bed. Mm-hmm. I um I was in Rome over the summer with my family for a book signing and it was like really early in the morning I want to say it was 7 30 in the morning and we were all like scraggly like not maybe showered but wearing old clothes and getting ready to move on to our next destination and like we just like like schlep it into the elevator and there's there's Jen in like a fucking oh ironed like silk shirt tucked Pleated, into high waisted pants gorgeous heels head hair to toe, perfect flawless. Mm-hmm. I was like oh god <laughs> I must have been that. so her my face must have just been like oh god like I she Do must you still think, think about that oh yeah all the time <laughs> constantly. I'm like, she probably just thought I was so upset to see her, but really it was, I was so embarrassed to be like, you know. Yeah. She just... always looks like that. That's why when I buy always. her stuff, so put together. Yeah, every time. I send her the ugliest sweaters I can find for gifts. I, she gave me a free book at that signing and I, and I didn't look at the inscription until like weeks later when I'd gotten home and I was unpacking my suitcases mm-hmm. and the inscription says that I'm, I'm a badass bitch and she loves me for it. And I was like, oh, what? Did it just make you feel amazing? It did make me feel amazing. I yeah. know. I think people see her and she's always so put together, but she is super down to earth. She's really friendly and cool. I really like her. Do you have a Jen, do you have a Jen story, Leah? I just like... I don't even know how to start with this because I love her so much and she is just such an amazing powerhouse of a woman who has given me so much inspiration and like I'm going to cry if I talk about her. I swear to God I'm going to do it but I do want to say we had... You know, like Eagle was is so beautiful in the beginning with us to encourage us to write because she just believed in us so much. But you know, Jane was the one that, like, you know, Jen Frederick, she was the one that you know told us how to do it. You know, she was like, "Give me your book, I'll format it, upload it here, and do this." And then you know, you need to do this and this and this. And she was the one that like specifically held our hands and walked us through this process. And, you know, stood on, I'm, I seriously, I'm going to cry. Like, I hate this so much, but I just, I love her so much. Like, she's our biggest cheerleader, and she's just, let's delete all of this. I'm going to delete all of this, but no, like, honestly, she she's just, yeah. she, like, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be doing what we did without her. That's yeah. awesome. I hope she's listening to this. I hope she's not. Like yeah. <laughs> everybody tag her. Everybody tag her in this uh in all the posts about this episode so she definitely Don't. goes on and oh, listens. God. No, people should hear things like that. You know, it's like yeah. you know our, our this is so depressing. Never mind. I'm gonna, I was going to say our time on this earth is so short. <laughs> we should 
let's take the opportunities to be honest with people we love and like let them know once in a while and just say thank you you know so hey world just so you know thanks to jen frederick she'll come to our signings and work lines for us oh yeah she like hands out our swag and like tells everybody about us and you know if i have a success even a personal one you know she's the first one to like text me and be like oh my god you're so amazing and like such a cheerleader for and just she answers questions constantly for you know not just us but other new authors who don't know how to do things and have questions you know she'll take so much time out of her day and write an entire email on how to answer your questions like if you have if you want to know how to do facebook ads you know she'll she'll research that all day until she has the perfect answer for you and then she'll give it to you in a a PDF spreadsheet, you know, like she's. Just you guys do that too. Like You're that. very generous with the help as well. Yeah, not to go, because we have not to her. go unsaid. Yeah, yeah, you learned from her. Yeah, absolutely. That you know this this industry is full of so many women, and what's what a better way to celebrate that than to support each other and lift each other up? And she was the first one who showed me that. You know, I worked in a in banking for like 13 years, and that's inherently a job with a lot of women. In finance, so um, and it's oh, it was a lot of fun, and I really loved it, and I had the honor to work with a lot of great women, but I had a, a you know had to work with a lot of not so great women too. So it's just amazing to be in this industry with so many, and to have someone like her be my mentor and you know my sounding board and my coach and you know just to to have her in my life, she's amazing. But I mean, I'll talk some shit on her if y'all want to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, you had a, we were talking about this morning with her purse, right? That story. We were like, what's a fun gen story? So because she's done (laughs) so great for us, when we were out one time, she was looking for this purse and she couldn't find it. We went shopping everywhere. So me and Leah track it down and we send it to her as just a thank you for everything she's ever done for us. It was before her birthday or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we find the purse, we send it to her. And the next time we see her, she brings it to a signing that she's working the line for us. And for some reason, I didn't have cash. So I kept going over to her purse and pulling money out. (laughs) I actually was pulling money out to go buy books for like Ali Martinez's books and crap. And I was like, Jane, I love this purse. Every time I open it, there's just just more money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the problem was is that, I mean, she's so funny that um, her husband is really, he's super sweet. I love him. And, um, but he manages like their money. He helps her with it. Cause she's just not, she's great at so many things, but just money management in general is not her forte. And so he, she was out of cash because we kept getting it out of her purse to like make change at the table for books and stuff. We just, we forgot to get it and she had some. So she was actually using like a credit card or something. She was getting cash off of it and putting more money in her purse. <laughs> and he's like, you don't like, get money off a credit card. <laughs> we were like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> we had no idea. And she's like, am I not supposed to do it? Like, she had no clue. It was so cute. But, um, but yeah, we joked about it that this was the best purse ever. And we should all buy one because it just has all this bottomless cash. Like, just like, where's my purse? I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Aww. Well, and you're well. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Jen Frederick also writes under the pen name Aaron Watt. Uh, 
with um, her and Elle Kennedy right together under Aaron Watt, right? Yes. And it's the Paper Princess series. Is that what? Let's do. Let's start with this for just. I want to start by saying what the Jen Frederick books you need to read. Okay, let's just. I just, all of them, okay? <laughs> but, yes, um, go for it. I will say, like, the first time I, I didn't, I met Jen after I reviewed one of her books for the first time. And it was, like, the third or fourth book in the Woodland series, which is a college-based romance. It's, that's a long series that she has. And they're all, like, college-age and stuff. And I don't generally read those. And so Mel, um, when we reviewed books, she gave me this one. And um, she was like, well, you know, just read it and review it for me. And I was like, okay. And I gave it, like, a three-star, because I was like, this just isn't my thing. Like, it's young adult-ish, you know, and at the time, I mean, this was, you know, seven years ago, maybe? Like, I just wasn't into that. Just got and, added a new I, adult. I was like, I'm not receiving <laughs> this. I know, and then I was like, wait a minute. But um, I remember I gave it, like, a three-star or something. Like, it was okay. It just, But I remember also, after that, I bought that book for, like, six people, and I was like, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. And they all did. And I was like, you know, just because it's not my thing doesn't mean it's not somebody else's. But then Last I read, hit. and then I read Last Hit, and I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Like, my life was changed after that. Oh, my Have God. Have you read that, Tessa? Last no. Hit. Oh, I'm writing it down God. right now. Okay. The Last yeah, Hit. Yeah, so she writes that series with Jessica Clare. That's four or five books. We mentioned the Christmas book already for that. Last Christmas or something. I think we I talked remember. about the book before. Yeah, we talked about it before. But yeah, the last hit series is about a hitman from Russia named Nikola. It's who they call him Nick. But he comes to America to kill this guy. He's, like, been hired. And then, but when he's stalking the apartment complex, he sees this young girl and he falls for her. Like, just seeing her from a distance. And he wants her. And Daisy's got such a great story because she was raised by a man who was, had, what is it, when you're, you're stuck indoors, you know, like you're Agoraphobia? Yeah, agoraphobic. And so he wouldn't let her leave the house. That's what I'm here and for, so, guys. <laughs> Just those quick interjections. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, like, he wouldn't let Daisy leave. And so she finally has to, like, run away from home. That's how she gets away from her dad. And so that's that's how she ends up this in this apartment alone in this situation, and Nick finds her, and she's just completely innocent to everything, and he's like <laughs> this dirty, awful hitman who kills people, and he just falls for her. And it's oh God, just, I'm gonna but buy he's it. He's so now. sweet to her. He's like he's so good Daisy. to her. <clears throat> he's so good. Everything he, one, is about Daisy. Oh, and at one point, remember he jerks off with her panties, like. Oh, like I love that. Oh my god. Like he finds them and he and he it's like so depraved. I oh, love it. Are they in the hamper filthy. or are they clean? No, he was she was doing laundry yeah. and he caught a guy <clears throat> trying to steal her laundry and he like obviously beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so then that's how he gets in there. And then he beats the clean. shit out of himself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And then I read, can we go through our entire catalog right now? <laughs> but uh, after that, the, what I would recommend to read after that for Jen Frederick is her, um, the duet that she has. What is that one called? Losing, uh, losing Control. Yeah, the Care Chronicles. It's Losing Control and Taking Control. And both of those are magnificent. I mean, I just fell head over heels in love with that book because... 
the heroine is she's a bike messenger in New York and her mother has cancer hmm. and she's it's like she's got kind of like a, a hard past and so she's just trying to make it through and make it through and this guy shows up and he's like this you know Ian is just this suit with all this money and all these connections and he's after her and she's like fuck you you know I don't why you I don't need you yeah but he's like no I I really care about you and she's like why would you care about me you know it's like she's really cold and distant but then you realize like she just doesn't think she's good enough or worthy and normally I hate those kind of books where the heroine just like complains the whole time that she's not like but she doesn't do it in that way but no she doesn't do that it's like she has so much else going on in her life. Like, her mom's really sick and has cancer, and Ian comes over one day and, like, takes the mom to the zoo or to the museum, and she's like, this guy's nice. Like, you know? <laughs> like, she's pouting about Damn how that. great he is. Oh, I yeah. love it. It's, that duet is so beautiful. And, like, a lot of times that's on sale, too, because it's through Montlake, I think, on Amazon, but they'll put it, like, 99 cents, and we always try to share when that goes on sale because it's so good. And her Aaron Watts series is awesome. If you like young adult, if you've read, you know, the first book is Paper Princess. I personally, I didn't want to read them. And she was like, I mean, you don't have to, but everybody kept telling me how good they were. And I was like, fine, fuck it, I'll read it. And I was like, shit, I hate her because I love it. (laughs) Each of those books in that series, like, ends on a cliffhanger, but, like, the whole series is out now. Is that right? Yes, it's out now. So it's not technically a cliffhanger anymore. Anymore, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was having to wait, you know, as she wrote them, and that was just complete torture. I think that's why I I waited. Yeah, Yeah. I waited. But now I got to – I'm going to – I actually haven't read them yet, but they're (laughs) – I mean, no, I actually, you know what I'm... Yeah, she's having, she's doing a new young adult series, but it's under her name. So it's not, it's kind of like Aaron Watt, though, but it's under Jen Frederick. She came up with this amazing idea when she was in London. And I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but it's called Blue Bloods. And it's about this girl who she goes to school in London and she's not from there and this kind of like rich girl wants to take her under her wing and she's really nice to her but like the rich girl's brother and his friends and stuff don't want her there and so like the tag for the book was you can't buy your way in and so it was like like it's it's so amazing and i've i've read the first bit of it and it's just it's so good like you guys are gonna die i think that comes out in march maybe she said march yeah yeah Blue Bloods. Bloods. Look out for that. It's going to be intense. It's like, it reminded me of Paper Princesses, kind of like Cruel Intentions. Mm -hmm. It's a little, like, it kind of reminded me of, oh, what's that? I'm going to have to think about There's a movie where the skulls, do you remember that? Yeah. With Casey from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. (laughs) For some reason, it gave me a little bit of that vibe where he's like the poor kid that comes into this rich school and there's all this stuff happening. Was, was so. there a scene in that in that movie, The Skulls, where um, like the love interest, Pacey's love interest, like comes over to his dorm, but it's bugged or something? Like there's people listening in, so he turns on the shower so that they can talk without yes. being heard, and then it gets all steamy and they start <laughs> making yeah. out. Oh, I think about that all the time. <laughs> oh, I love that. So scene. get blue bloods. 
Get blue bloods. Um, <laughs> if there's a pre-order or, or any kind of Goodreads thing for that, we'll put it in the episode description. Yeah, but the time I mean, this goes live, we'll share. Every, so. Yeah, everything that we've talked about, I've written down. You'll all be happy to know. Um, and they're all just Jen Frederick's books. So we'll have to just do a Jen Frederick post or something. Yeah. Oh, um, can, I also, can I also mention the book that I'm, like, dedicated to? It says yes. my first and last name in the dedication. <laughs> it's her, it's sure her that. Name. Yeah, it's her gridiron, her gridiron series, and I gave her shit for so long because she would put my name in the acknowledgments, and I'm like, oh, it, it's all the way in the back <laughs> where people don't, where people won't read it. Oh, okay, great. And so, like, I was dying when when she did. So it's the the gridiron series. There's sacked. There's um, you can get sacked for played. Free. Yeah, uh huh. Played. There's jock uh jock blocked. Is that the other jock blocked? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of them in it, but it's the one with um the heroine named Brian, and it has like in the front of the description it says like to Leah Robinson. It's <laughs> like that's better, thank you. <laughs> but Carry we talked on. about we talked about sacked already before on the podcast. That's the one where he jerks off in the bathroom, and the girl walks in and he doesn't stop, <sighs> and like she just stands there and what I love the sound Tessa just made. She's like oh. it's such a dirty old lady groan. It's just like. <laughs> Okay, so this this book that we're going to play for you, Bombshell, it takes place, you know, it takes place sort of over the new year. And tonight is New Year's Eve. So I wanted to ask you guys if you had any crazy New Year's Eve stories. Do you have anything like that? Have you ever had like oh a gosh. wild New Year's Eve? You, know, I, you like, want me to start with mine and you guys yes, can think of yours? It. Okay. Do it. It's not yours. fair because I had mine locked and loaded. I... <sighs> Uh, got a really bad spray tan. That's not that wild, but it is what? crazy because, uh, like, I wanted to get a spray tan. I had this new outfit, and it was, like, the first New Year's Eve I'd ever spent with Pat, my husband. And so I thought it was just going to be – I'd only ever done a spray tan where you, like, walk into a booth and it, like, spritzes you, and it's just yeah. a machine. Okay. Yeah. No, I walked into this spray tan place in Manhattan, and they were like, oh, it's down room five. And I was like, great. So I go down and I'm and uh, it's a guy sitting there with a spray like a spray Shut airbrush up. thing. No, <laughs> it's just a room. No, with a guy and and like an airbrush machine. Uh-uh. This is uh, this is how horror movies start. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't shaved my bikini line like at all, oh, and I had to like take foolish. and I had to I had to explain it to him. I was like, I haven't. I didn't know it was going to be a person, so I didn't shave. <laughs> and then I had to sit there with it all out, like, while he spray tanned me, like, top to bottom. And then it was so dark that, like, you couldn't tell where my lips started. Like, I was so... Wait, which lips? <laughs> wait, wait, which lips? Oh, no, no, my ma- my mouth face lips. <laughs> my face mouth. <laughs> you couldn't, like, people were like, I keep, they were like... It looks good, but there's something wrong, and I can't tell what it is. And then I finally put on lipstick, and they're like, oh, there's your mouth. That's what was oh, wrong. Oh, <laughs> God. He was all up in your face then, too. Yeah, he was all over. And I, I was only, I think I was only 19, so it was just, it was at, it was crazy. I actually have How another. Laugh? I've had, like, so many bad experiences <laughs> with, like, with, like, pubic hair (laughs) well one time i went to get a a bikini a brazilian wax with my friend like she dragged me along Mm -hmm. to this place and i took off my pants and the lady was like sorry uh it's too short it's not gonna work i'm not gonna be able to wax it off and i was like oh great uh so should i just go and she was like well do you want something else waxed and i was like i guess my eyebrows so i got my eyebrows waxed with my pants off (laughs) 
was so awkward. I was just laying there, no pants, getting my eyebrows waxed. Didn't make any sense. Yeah, so you guys, did you guys ever go crazy on New Year's Eve or have any weird things happen? Maybe when I was younger, I did some stuff on New Year's, but I'm trying to think back and, you know, normally for New Year's, we've gone, you know, uh, we lived in Greenville, South Carolina, shout out for a few years and we would go downtown and that was always really fun. But at the end of the night, it was the worst because you try to catch a cab home. And it was just, like, I mean, you'd wait, wait around to, like, 2 and 3 in the morning and, like, the freezing cold, you know, trying to get home. So then we just started, like, staying home you and stuff. You don't freezing cold. <laughs> that's true. It would be, 40 like, 40. degrees. <laughs> yeah, 40. So we would be dying. We're not built for that, okay? Yeah. But, uh... I will say though that like one of the one of the best times for New Year's was last year with our kids and we got to wake them up and they had like ch- you know the fake champagne and and that was really cute. Like I never thought that you know when I was younger and partying and stuff I just never thought like that's going to be the moment, you know, that's going to be a, you know one you lock away for later. And it was, you know, and it was really sweet. So it's a it's a great way to bring in the new year, even if it's just like cuddled up in the bed with a couple of kids. So. I like staying home on New Year's now. Yeah, yeah. I just I like waking up feeling <clears throat> yeah fresh and I, yeah. I I'm lying. I just don't I just don't have any friends to go out. With. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making it sound. I do, but like they're all like all my friends. Like, that I would go out with are all, like, they all still live in Manhattan, and they go out in Manhattan, and I'm like, I'm in Long Island now, and... It's a journey. (laughs) There's no way I'm gonna, yeah, it's, it's like, there's gonna, there's gonna be no getting a cab, I'm not getting on the train on New Year's Eve with a bunch of, you know, crazy 20-year-olds drinking, so, uh, yeah, yeah. so they can just ridicule me (laughs) in my Mm -hmm. sensible shoes. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> what are they like? What are those aerosols? Uh, no, go do home. you guys do a big thing at the at the bar, the the wine bar? Don't you? Don't you guys do a big thing for New Year's? Yeah, we have a a big New Year's party. Do you ever go to it? Yeah, I go. I think last year I did dance on the bar, but it was like. <laughs> you just buried that lead so deep you were yeah. like, <laughs> well I don't know it doesn't feel weird to me because like I said it's small town by two in the morning it's the regulars and the staff so dancing on the bar isn't a big deal yeah I once wrapped uh lose yourself by Eminem on the bar in a, in a wow. bar yeah wow. that was this is not my best moment Somehow I feel like it may even be your shiny moment. <laughs> it's one of those. Know. It's one of those things where then it's you think it's great when it's happening, and then when it's over, everybody just awkwardly like goes, "Oh yeah, that was great," and you're like, "Oh man, I just totally embarrassed myself." It well, happens I a lot to like me. The, the best thing about New Year's to me is New Year's Day because do you guys do the black eyed peas and collard greens? Do y'all do that for your luck? My husband's supposed to, like his family does, but they're in an Irish thing or no? I d- I may- maybe, I don't know about it. They do that. So like in the South, especially we collard greens are your cash and then your black eyed peas are your coins. And like you just, you eat them and it's supposed to bring you good luck. But we always have it with like cornbread and ham and. Like macaroni cool. and cheese. Yeah, it's like the fucking best. Like, because you can go out and get hammered on New Year's Eve, and then the next day, you have this big plate of, like, good, wholesome, just 
fried shit to to absorb the <laughs> absorb the alcohol. Absolutely. Um, my my dad's birthday is on New Year's Day, so we uh, usually celebrate his birthday. He was the first baby born in Queens in 1957. Oh shit! So, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, are you gonna eat like Italian again? <laughs> You're saying like that's all he eats is pasta. That's all he eats is Italian. Yeah, last year, I, what was it? Last year, or the year before, whatever year he turned sixty, uh, sixty. We like rented yeah. the back room of a pizzeria in our town and just invited the so whole family. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. So that's what we usually do on New Year's Day is we celebrate my dad. So it, it's actually a lot less painful now that I'm not hungover every every New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go celebrate my dad's birthday. <laughs> All right, the... you guys, do you want to get this chapter started for Bombshell? Oh, oh yeah, that, okay. that's all part of this. Introducing chapter one of Bombshell by Jen Frederick, and um, we'll talk to you guys when it's over. Bye. Bye. Chapter one. Where did you say you got that shirt again? May asks. The svelte blonde in her heeled boots, black skinny jeans, and carefully tousled bob leans over and places a bag of spinach in my cart. I pluck it out and place it back on the shelf. I don't like spinach. I don't care that all the parenting magazines talk about how high it is in nutrition. It tastes gross, and if my daughter, who is currently gumming the back of her fist, could do more than make gurgling noises, I know she would agree with me. In the back of my closet? You told me to wear something grown up that doesn't consist of elastic and college concert tees. After a year of watching me wear almost nothing but pajama pants and t-shirts, May had had enough. When she came over for her weekly visit, she took my computer and phone hostage and refused to give either back until I was left wearing something that couldn't be slept in. It took me nearly a half hour to find a pair of jeans and a button-down shirt that I should have thrown out months ago, and not because the dark blue and forest green flannel hangs down to near my knees. That shirt does not look like it's yours. She eyes it suspiciously. You had to roll the cuffs up three times, and I still can barely see your fingers. I try not to fidget. It was in my closet, and I haven't slept in it. At least not since I had Anna. Before then, well, I'll admit that it might have been wrapped around my shoulders while I was in a prone position, not that I'll confess this out loud to even my best friend. I guess it's better than your Hufflepuff t-shirt with the holes in it. She concedes and moves on from the lettuce produce to the vegetables. That one is awesome, thank you very much. Not to mention comfortable. Besides, since giving birth to Anna, I haven't had the time or energy to shop. Babies require nonstop constant attention. I grab a bunch of bananas with one hand and pluck three grapes from my daughter's fingers, which she somehow managed to snag when I wasn't looking. Anna, we talked about this. No food at the grocery store. My girl scowls and gurgles a soft protest. Taking the three-month-old out of the house is always a challenge, which is why I prefer grocery delivery and diaper delivery and basically anything delivery. God bless delivery. I tap the monkey applique on Anna's little cap to distract her. She clasps her pudgy fingers around my wrist. I let her pull my hand down to her mouth where she proceeds to gnaw on my knuckles. It was awesome. May tries to hide a bundle of kale behind the grapes. Ten years ago when you bought it and the matching pants on our senior trip to Universal. You're 28 now. 
and they're so worn, I don't think they qualify as clothes anymore. They're just pieces of holy fabric held together with a little stitching. Like me, I suppose. I brush a thatch of my straight brown hair out of my face. I should get a haircut. I haven't had one in... How long has it been? Six months? A year? May was right to drag me out of the house. Still, that doesn't mean I should eat kale. I tug my hand away from Anna and replace the leafy food with a bag of tomatoes. And the hole around your right butt cheek, May continues. It's big enough to stick a shoe through. How'd that happen anyway? I brush my fingers over my backside. I'd forgotten about that hole. It did feel airy back there. Good thing the shirt was long. I was putting Anna's swing together and it caught on one of the bolts. I reach in to grab the kale, but I'm distracted when my daughter reaches for another grape. I shake a finger at her. No more. She merely grins impishly. Tiny dimples appear on either side of her mouth like periods to emphasize how stinking cute she is. An image of another person with heart-stopping dimples pops into my head. Only his were larger, but they served the same heart-melting purpose, which was to draw you in like a magnet. I push the memory away. The owner of those particular indents doesn't exist in my life. Or Anna's. You put that swing up last March and it's nearly Christmas. May reminds me, holding out an avocado. Do I like avocados? I take the fruit and set it beside Anna. I can't remember. Since Anna, I've subsisted on applesauce, peanut butter sandwiches, and the occasional peas. Don't change the subject. You've been walking around with a hole in your butt for nearly nine months? It's almost like I gave birth to it. I joke. What do you think, Anna? I heft the lizard-skinned, pear-shaped fruit into the air. Do you want some avocado toast? She makes a small bleeding noise. Her pink cupid bow lips purse into a pout that makes her cute chubby face even more adorable. I lean down and give her a peck. She coos and all is right in my world. I don't think she's a fan. I hand the avocado back to my friend. I'm fine with peanut butter toast. Your dog eats peanut butter. Dobby has elevated taste buds. He licks his own butthole. He's a dog. He's supposed to lick his own butthole and bark and chase his tail. These are dog things, and I can't prevent him from doing these things, or else I risk disorder in the universe. I won't be responsible for the consequences of that. Then eat an avocado. May stretches out her long dancer arms and waves the food in front of Anna. What do you think, my darling girl? Shall we make avocado mush and grow to be big and strong? My daughter, ever the wise one despite her young age, pushes May's hands away and points to something on the shelf. Broccoli? That's my girl. I knew I was raising you right. May snatches up a sad-looking bundle of the greenery and shakes it triumphantly in my direction. Thinking May is playing with her, Anna makes a grab for it. My friend barely escapes with the bushel intact. Woo, she's quick. She must get her good reflexes from her dad, May says. At the D word, Anna's head jerks toward May. My friend slaps a hand over her mouth. Oh, fuck, she exclaims. I'm so sorry, Kate, it just slipped out. I take a brief moment to curse the sperm donor and then give my friend a sympathetic pat on the back. 
pushing the cart forward, I say, forget it. It's not like he's Voldemort. He's not going to appear just because you say his name. If that were the case, I would have conjured him a million times when I was pregnant with Anna. I'm still sorry. It was dumb. I hope it doesn't bother her. May tips her head in the direction of my daughter, who has abandoned the grapes and is now studying the avocado. She's fine. I reach over and grab the fruit. It's a new word for her. It was in a book we'd read the other night. I sensed that the word interested her, maybe because I stumbled over it and then sat there for a long time, trying to figure out how to explain to my daughter that her dad abandoned us once he found out she was on the way. The asshole. While I was pregnant, I read a child-rearing book that said you should never criticize your kid's parent because it can poison the relationship. But you can't have a relationship with someone who won't acknowledge your existence. Right. May adopts a cheerful expression. It's just one word in a whole world of words. It's meaningless. It's, oh my fucking God, it's Voldemort. May flings her arm out, pointing toward the end of the aisle as if she's seen a ghost. Her outburst catches the attention of a tall, broad-shouldered figure. My jaw drops and my blood pressure rises. Beside me, May shouts something, but I can't make it out because a roar of outrage is detonating in my head at this very moment. My stomach roils, and the coffee and bagel I savored this morning climb up the back of my throat. The six-foot-four-inch frame of Jack Harris begins to twist on those shiny dress shoes of his, and his beautiful face comes into view. His jawline is sharp. His cheekbones sit high on an oval face. One eyebrow is arched high. Lush lips part in surprise as he takes in what must be an odd picture. Two women open-mouthed and growing red like the tomatoes stacked on the shelves and a baby starting to cry in her carrier. It's as if we're all in slow motion. Me turning slowly with my feet puttied to the floor him doing his best imitation of Neo in The Matrix, bending backwards to avoid being struck. Only this time, it's not bullets that are flying in his direction, but it's an avocado. The one from my cart. I didn't even register reaching beside Anna and plucking it from my cart. I don't remember winding my arm back like I'm a pitcher and flinging it, but it must have been me. Is there something wrong? He calls, brushing a hand against his expensive suit coat. Since when do you wear suits? I yell irrationally, like wearing suits instead of his ordinary uniform of blue jeans and white t-shirts is the worst sin he's committed. Since forever, he answers. Confusion mars his perfect brow. It's his play acting that lights the fuse of my temper, if he'd apologized, if he'd at least said my name, if he'd done anything but act as if he'd never seen me before, let alone had his dick and tongue and fingers inside me a hundred times, maybe I would have been able to corral my rage. But his stupid eyebrow and his stupid beautiful face and his stupid fake confession unwind something primal inside me. I who has never thrown anything at anybody in my whole life, including my fifth grade chorus teacher, Mrs. Wilson, who said frogs had better voices, or the snot-nosed Henry Watts, who poked sticks against my belly and called me fat when I was 10. 
I grab the closest thing to me and whip it toward my ex. The broccoli bunch strikes him on the shoulder. He jerks back in surprise as if I'd shot him. Here, this one too. May shoves something else in my hand, something red and squishy. I launch it unthinkingly. Before it lands, I have another tomato in my hand and then another. I can't stop. I'm a tornado of fruit and bread and jars. Stop! Stop! Someone yells, but I can't stop. But my cart's almost empty. Desperately, I look around and realize I'm standing by an end cap full of s'more ingredients. Bypassing the marshmallows, I go straight for the candy bars. Not the chocolate! May yells, but I'm not listening. Jack ducks and slides to the side while the six-pack of candy bars falls harmlessly to the floor. I'm sorry, but I take it that I look like someone you know? Someone I know? Someone I know? I'm getting lightheaded with my anger. Oh, you did not say that. May slaps another container in my hand. Pelt that ass with all the chocolate in the land. I thought you were dead. You didn't call. You didn't text. I thought you were dead. And then I get some half-assed letter saying not to contact you again. I hurl the container without looking at it. Jack tries to dodge, but I guessed correct this time, and the bars smack him in the chest. Direct hit! May crows. Here's another one. Hey, wait a sec. At May's yelp, I turn and see two apron-clad young men trying to corral her. I lunge to help my friend, but lose my footing. I can feel my uncoordinated body tip forward. A scream flies out of my throat. May reaches for me, but she's too far away. Like a giant tree, I start falling. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! May wails. Holy shit! Someone else cries. Help! I say, but I fear it's too late. The floor is rushing toward me. I cover my sore belly. The C-section scar aches, so I twist as best as I can, with my extra 20 post-pregnancy pounds hanging around my midsection. As I fall, I hear a deep grunt and feel a pair of strong hands push me upright. You, I snarl, but my words are cut off when I feel the stitches break. I look down to see blood seeping through my shirt. You ruined my clothes. She just had a baby. Call 911, she's bleeding. May wrestles away from her captors. This is your fault, I inform the dark-haired man cradling me. I know it is. You know? I can't believe this. You did say I got you pregnant. Those are the last words I hear before I pass out. Chapter Two It's a misunderstanding. Jack explains to one of the two police officers that arrived on the scene at the request of the store manager. There's no harm done. He says this with a straight face, despite the produce aisle looking like a tornado whipped through it. The avocado section is decimated, and the tiled floor has taken on a sickly green hue. Streaks of red have painted the display cases of cakes and pastries. The police officer, though, appears totally snowed by Jack's explanation. I should be unsurprised. After all, wasn't it Jack's ability to talk that had me dropping my skirt to the floor just a few hours after we'd first met? How exactly do you two know each other? The tall, thin officer taps his pen against his electronic notepad. I try to struggle to my feet. 
May unhelpfully steps in. He's the rat, rather tall man who ran into my grocery cart. I interject in a hurry. May crosses her arms and scowls, displaying an uncanny resemblance to my baby. Both of them have a very sullen set to their lips, which signals an impending tantrum. Not that I can judge them. Obviously, I couldn't hold it together when faced with my awful ex, but he's been staring at Anna in a way that makes me nervous. Look, if there's a fine or something, I'll pay that, but I need to get my child home. Anna's been whimpering like a lost child since I roused. I told her that I just closed my eyes for a little nap, but the worried look on her face hasn't left. I need to get her out of his sight. The last thing I need to deal with is some stupid custody battle. Anna's mine and mine alone. This man, this penis head, doesn't have any right to her. What I should have done when I saw him was grab Anna and book out of the grocery store. We'd be safe then. Lady, you might want to call your mom to pick up the kid. This morsel of advice is from the policeman who glued himself to my side as if I'm a danger to the public, and not the tall, well-built man pulling out a credit card from an expensive leather wallet. If this man decides to press charges, you'll have to go down to the city jail. What? I exclaim. No fucking way, May rages. My friend needs a medic. <clears throat> Anna begins to wail. I press her head against my breast and ignore the twinge in my abdomen. I'm not pressing charges. Jack waves the credit card. Let me pay for the damage and we'll get out of your hair. Ugh, the nerve of him. May crouches down next to me. How are you doing? I thought I ripped my stitches. I tell her, I lift Anna up off my stomach, but apparently it was just blowback from the tomatoes I threw. It's not blood. I just want to go home. Then let's go. She helps me to my feet. Anna clings to my neck as I stand up. There's lettuce in your hair, murmurs May as she helps me shuffle toward my abandoned cart. Of course I do. With all the produce that I sent flying toward Jack, I'm surprised it's only lettuce. I should be wearing an entire garden. I brush a hand over my scalp, but before I can get it, Jack is in front of me and his hand is outstretched. I flinch back, hard. Jack's hand falls to his side, and a flicker of disappointment passes over his face. I've paid the damages, and we're all free to leave. He waves his hand toward the doorway. The tall, thin cop comes up behind Jack. You sure we can't call you an ambulance, Mr. Harris? It looks like you're growing a knot on the side of your head. My eyes fly to Jack's left temple above his dark brown eyes. His own fingers come up and lightly smooth over the visible bump. It's all good, he says soothingly. His words are directed toward the cop, but his gaze is locked with mine. If you say so. Jack tears his eyes from mine and holds out his hand. Thanks for all your help. Anytime, Mr. Harris, anytime. The cop shakes Jack's hand with exuberance. We at the Fulton Police Department are here to protect and serve. After that little speech, I half expect the cop to salute and bow, but all he does is doff his cap before turning on his rubber-soled heel and collecting his partner. But all this deference makes me wonder what in the hell is going on. The Jack Harris I knew barely had two dimes to rub together, 
let alone a black credit card tucked inside a wallet that probably cost more than my groceries for a month. He certainly didn't have cops bowing and scraping to him, nor did he wear a suit. In fact, the only nice thing he had was this shirt I'm wearing. You have some other stuff up there. He gestures toward my hair. Perfect, I say sarcastically. He approaches again, cautiously, as if I'm a wild animal ready to pounce at the slightest movement. He's not wrong. I feel on edge. Every nerve in my body is vibrating with emotion, mostly anger, I reassure myself. Those other twinges that are happening below the waistband and in my chest are echoes of the same sour fury. They are not, definitely, absolutely, positively not, desire or lust or arousal. He stops when his chest is almost brushing my nose. He's only deletticing you, I tell myself. He's not going to run those long, elegant fingers through your hair. He's not going to deftly unbutton your top, cup your breasts, slide the digits between your legs. You don't want that either. My dumb, stupid pussy throbs in anticipation anyway. This is what happens when you go long periods without sex and without toys. If I'd paid more attention to my body, I wouldn't be shaking with need solely by his nearness, by the scent of the cologne on his wrist, by the warmth of his body next to mine. Out of the corner of my eye, I can see the corded veins that run along his forearms, veins that I traced with my tongue and teeth. Those arms spent many hours planted by my head, the veins popping, lightly sheened with sweat as they supported the weight of Jack's body as he drove inside of me. Are you feeling okay? He murmurs quietly. His words pierce the haze of arousal that had enveloped me. I push him away and stumble, nearly falling to the tiled floor. He catches me. You there, he snaps at May. Call 911. What? No, I don't need an ambulance. I struggle free of his grip. I'm fine. He frowns. You don't look fine. You're sweating. Your skin is clammy. You're short of breath and you're having trouble standing. That's because I thought I tore my C-section stitches, but it's just tomato residue. But also because you're right in front of me, and it's been months since I last saw you. As much as I hate you, I also want to tear your clothes off and make love to you for as long as is humanly possible. I scream inwardly. I'm fine, I repeat out loud. What do you expect? May shouts. You abandon your girlfriend and your daughter and then waltz back into town and expect her to be okay. Jack's jaw clenches, but he doesn't say a word in his own defense. Out of the corner of my eye, I can see the crowd gathering again. Anna is restless, crying softly into her fist. Let's go. All right. He reaches for my arm, but stops himself when he sees me flinch again. The muscle in his cheek jumps as it always did when he was irritated. It's his annoyance that sets me off. What do you have to be upset about? I'm the one who got knocked up and abandoned. All you got was a little avocado on a suit. I cuddle Anna close and run out of the grocery store, leaving behind May, my purse, the car carrier, and most of all, the man who broke my heart. When I reach the car, I realize my idiocy. I can't leave without the car carrier. Turning around, I see May approaching with Jack following close behind. So much for my grand exit. 
Anna is full-on crying now, which ratchets up my own anxiety. I bounce lightly on my heels, wishing for this day to end. May rushes up and stashes the car seat in the back. I lower Anna in and secure her. Sorry, I tell May. I didn't mean to abandon you back there. In these circumstances, I would have left too. Come on, let's get out of here. Want me to back over what's-his-face? She jerks her head toward Jack, who is standing just to the side, watching us take care of Anna. Have the cops left? I ask. May scans the parking lot. I don't see them. You know I can hear your entire conversation, declares the man in question. Did you hear something? I say to May. She holds up a hand to her ear. Nope, I didn't hear a thing. We share a smirk before she climbs into the driver's side. I hurry around to the passenger side, but Jack halts my progress. Where's home? Where's home? He moved in the day we met and didn't leave for two months. That he's so conveniently forgotten that is almost more hurtful than enraging. None of your business. I give his solid chest a shove, but he doesn't budge. I'm going to follow you regardless. It'll be easier if you tell me. Like I'm going to make anything easy for you. I try to dart around him, but he's too nimble and easily blocks my way. Look. I scowl and pin my eyes over his shoulder because I can't handle looking straight into his beautiful face. I want to go home. My daughter wants to go home. Our daughter. He interrupts. I clench my teeth together. My hands curl into fists at my side. I'm not telling you where I live because I don't want you to follow me. You gave up your right to know that information when you sent me a check and told me not to contact you again. You have no daughter. Do you have a document severing my rights? His tone is mild, but there's steel behind his words that sends a shiver of concern down my spine. You're not on any legal documents, I reply testily. Are you going to make me get a paternity test? Involuntarily, my eyes meet his. In those dark brown depths, I see serious resolve. I think of the blank spot on Anna's birth certificate where his name should be. And then I bring up my small bank balance and wonder how long I could hold out in a protracted legal battle. Before I can answer, May sticks her head out the window. Anna's dying in here. She really needs her mama. Jack grabs my elbow so I can't escape. We're on our way. The grip is firm as iron. I'm not going anywhere without him. Hi, guys, we're back. Hey. Hello. <laughs> hey. Do you guys want to tell them what Jen, I mean, we're going to just put the links for everything in the description uh, of this, ep- this episode, but she, Jen Frederick is giving away a signed uh, set of the gr- the Gridiron series. So we'll That's put the link for series. that. That's yeah. the Leah Robinson That's series. That's the Leah Robinson series. Yeah, we're going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll put the link for that below, but it's also going to be on readmeromance.com. Um, so you can go enter to win that. You guys definitely want to win that. Don't forget, there's always a giveaway page on the website. The tab, yeah. I always put it there. Each week, there's always one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And super easy to enter. So keep an eye out for Blue Bloods by Jen. We're going to put, if there's any kind of like Goodreads or any kind of 
I don't know, link to that. We'll put it in the episode mm-hmm. description. Maybe she can create an alert, a pre-order alert or something. And then uh, Want You and Sacked, all those great books. We'll just keep, we'll just put the links below and keep an eye out on Instagram at Read Me Romance and Facebook at Read Me Romance because we'll just probably be posting stuff from Jen all week. So, and she's got, she's got a Facebook group called um, The Chronicles of Jen Frederick. And she's got um, Instagram, and she's always on Twitter talking about BTS, her favorite ba- boy bands ever. They're awesome. So she's on there. If you like BTS, go talk to her about it. She'll be happy. Oh, and um, I did forget to mention her book, Want You, was oh my, my favorite book. It, it was my favorite book of 2018. Ooh. Number one favorite book of the year. Yeah, and I read it in, like, February, I think, or March. And, like, it, it was my favorite book this year. Alexa Riley listeners double virgins that's all i got double say. virgins he is he's actually mentioned briefly in this book now in bombshell lika brings well i won't spoil it because it comes later but just look if you've read want you just be on the lookout lika's there's just a little tiny hint of him in this book bombshell this week yeah like i said the best book i read this year he's like a, a hitman type or whatever and he kind of takes care of her so it's great <laughs> Okay, Leah, tell them what to do. Oh, fuck your day up. Make stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. Be friends with Jen Frederick. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Read me, Ro-